What's up, everybody? This is Mark Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Mark Dagenhart. Let's get into the episode where we cover the weekend that just had Arkansas defeat the 15th-ranked Texas Longhorns. Oh, my gosh. This was a past, present, and future situation at its finest. With the past, with the Southwest Conference, with the present being the big top-ranked opponent, the 6 o'clock night game on ESPN nationally televised with the SEC Nation TV crew in Fayetteville broadcasting live, and the future with the SEC conference realignment with Texas coming to the SEC to be a new rival that will hopefully happen annually in every game it will not every game but every year what a performance it was i was a little skeptical a lot of people were of arkansas winning this game i think a lot of people thought arkansas could be competitive in this game but based on the first week you know you had a you had a new starter in kj jefferson and he's said to be a gamer you know He's not a great practice guy. And in the first game in Rice, you start out and he's got some game time nerves. And you're like, what is he? Is he a practice guy? Is he a gamer guy? I mean, he's he's got nerves in practice. He's got nerves in games. Uh, turns out he just needs to run the ball to get into the game and confident. And that's what he did slowly in the first game versus Rice. Um, Rice... Rice had a really good game plan. They controlled the ball. They played really good defense. Arkansas was really sluggish. And almost every game you watch, you're going to have one team make more mistakes than the other. It's just it's just football. I mean, occasionally you'll have two really good teams play a really clean game as far as penalties. They'll play a really clean game as far as turnovers. But most of the time, one team will have a lot of turnovers, will have a lot of, you know, penalties, a lot of bad plays. And in in game one, that was Arkansas. Arkansas was lucky going into halftime, trailing by only 10 points. They were, they were lucky to even cover the spread. They did that on the last touchdown of the game, covering the spread. So... Arkansas, you know, you know, it was a tale of two halves going into the Texas week. It was a sellout, you know, you had TV crews coming in, standing room only for tickets. Uh, it, the I live here in Fayetteville and the the feel of the city was electric. It was vibrant in the air in businesses where you were just going it was for a whole week. I mean, the TV crews got here around Wednesday or Thursday, and it was just palpable for the whole week. Texas, and the fact that they're ranked 15th, they had a top 25 matchup prior to Arkansas and, and Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, under the, the fighting Billy Napiers. But... The, and they came out, you know, 
in my opinion, a little overrated. They were a little smaller than previously seen. I guess they got they lost a lot to to transfer portal and into the NFL draft and just graduation guys not wanting to come back due to COVID. But they they seemed a little smaller. They were faster, but just overmatched. Texas leaned on them and outlasted them. And in that game, they they had a little bit crisper performance on offense, Texas did. And and they were a little cleaner as far as penalties and turnovers. And in this game, well, well going back to the Rice game for Arkansas, the, the game leading up, this is why, you know, it was a little bit of a shocker. Um, Arkansas had the first half really sloppy play. I mean, really sloppy play. Uh... Penalties, turnovers, just doing things that are, it was just, we win. Week one, the greatest adjustment in a season is from week one to week two. You you decide different matchups, different plays that you you like or dislike uh, on offense and defense. And there was in-game management that I liked, just swapping guys that made mistakes because in the end, you know, you look at a champion like Alabama, and they are very disciplined. Every one of their players does a certain job, and that's how they win because they're very disciplined. Everyone has a task, a job, and they do that, and, and they perform at a high level, and, and that's why it's very hard to beat them. And, and in order to get at that level, you have to play at that level. And and that's that's the type of effort that I saw out of Arkansas. The line of scrimmage is the SEC. That that it's it's bread and butter. That's where it has branched out since then, but it has made its money in championships and NFL drafts on the line of scrimmage. And 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 I didn't see it in the Rice game. At least in the first half, maybe even the first 20 minutes of the game, but Arkansas started clicking. They basically just out-athleted Rice. If this were a different opponent, maybe Arkansas didn't win, but this the first half did not benefit them. It almost... But credit to Sam Pittman and this coaching staff because if this were previous coaching staffs, I could almost guarantee you that the players would have just laid down and let let this loss happen. But the fact that they fought back and won is a credit to the coaching staff and the players and how bought in they are. And that is even followed up tenfold by what you saw this past Saturday when Arkansas really did whatever they wanted against Texas. And even Sam Pittman, the head coach, said at, at halftime they had a pretty good idea what te they were going to see out of Texas on offense and it doesn't hurt that they have one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation. And he's not lying. And they are very good friends. I hope that helps in keeping him. But, I mean, the guy was only here one year and he got a, like a $550,000 raise and is making like $1.5 million. So, after this type of performance, if, if this is continued throughout the season, this guy's going to be hard to keep. But, I mean thank your lucky stars that you have him you had him last year and you're building upon that it, it comes because it because it comes in waves the culture the success the progress comes in waves and it takes coaches 
you want success. So if no one's trying to get your players or your coaches, then you're not doing a good job. So if if every year they're trying to take your coaches, that's a good thing. You don't like it. You want to have success. You want to retain your coaches. But you also want to keep that, that new flow coming, branch out, have some creative moves and thoughts. And that's the exciting part of uh, of of the culture that's being built here at Arkansas. And all of that is being said to lead into the game and how well Arkansas, Arkansas performed. The offensive line was, was significantly better. I mean, this is against top talent. Although Texas has performed poorly over the last, you know, five, six years, they have recruited very, very well. They have a lot of talent. They have good size and good talent. And that is one thing that even the announcers in the game acknowledge that there are guys on the roster, on, on the offensive line, that have put on as much as 50 pounds and gotten bigger and more physical. And credit to the strength and conditioning coach at Arkansas, Jamil Walker, and, and, and company there. And credit defense coordinator Barry Odom because these players are bought in every time I saw a Texas player get the ball in the open field. I saw Razorbacks just f swarm. I mean, it was always three, four, five guys coming at you. So it didn't matter if the first guy missed or you broke a tackle. They were they were coming at you fast and furious, and like a wild bunch of hogs. And the Razorbacks played very. I mean, I've I've watched the game two full times and then I've watched a just a broken down clip version of the, of the game as far as highlights and the offensive line is just pushing the offensive line is just pushing the Texas defensive line back there creating so many holes if you if you go back and look or if you just want to watch for the next game watch just the holes open up the offensive line is big physical experienced and talented and that has benefited them right now and they have a chance to just roll and get undefeated right now Arkansas's 2-0 they have a chance to get confidence and roll into a tough schedule but there's a lot of promise so we'll go into the game a little bit but Texas fall comes into Fayetteville and falls to Arkansas number 15 Texas 40 to 21 and that's how we're going to open up the show. But we're going to get deep dive into the into the game, into the team, into the schedule, and talk about the Razorbacks next. Special teams has been a thorn in the Razorbacks' side for so many years. And last year, Sam Pittman hired Scott Fountain as special teams coordinator, and they fall flat last year. Special teams did not really improve significantly at all. You see an uptick in Forest recruiting. They bring in some more talented guys, and you see dividends paying out already this season. But in the first game, special teams fell flat on its face, in my opinion. I don't like how it looked, so I put a lot of stock in this game as far as special teams. And Texas has a return man in Deshaun Jameson that is a burner. He is a deadly, deadly weapon in the return game, and I was worried about this. This was an aspect I was watching as far as special teams. 
You got to be sound in all facets of the game. And Texas is just Deshaun Jameson was, by and large, avoided. Credit the Arkansas special teams for either kicking away or kicking high enough to where he's not returning in any punts or kicks. I mean, uh, he was it was either fair catches or, or out of bounds. Um if if he did field it, there was really, really good coverage. So that that was a good thing. Cam Little, freshman scholarship kicker, number one kicker in the nation last year out of uh, uh out of Coles Kicking Academy. And uh comes to Arkansas out of Oklahoma, just outside of Tulsa, out of Southmore, and the guy goes uh four for four in the game. He had he had a great performance. Two 24-yard field goals, a 22-yard field goal, and a 44-yard field goal in a in a sellout home crowd versus a top 25 rival. What better way to break in a freshman kicker? I mean, come on. The guy performed great. He nailed every extra point. Arkansas had four touchdowns, so four extra points. Uh, four field goals. The guy had 16 points in, his fr- in, 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 in this game. I mean, what a great game for special teams all in all. I just want to touch on the last bit of special teams and just talk about lucky bounces. When things are going Arkansas's way, it just seems to be visible if you pay attention to little things about the lucky bounces. Coach Houston Nutt always said that that ball doesn't bounce up and down. It's a football you got to play the game, and you never know what's going to happen. So it can bounce your way. It can bounce the other team's way. And in the Texas game, lucky bounces were obvious to me. Second drive Arkansas, or, or second drive Texas had, and they're punting it. Arkansas, this is after the first drive. Arkansas fields it foolishly. Inside the ten yard line, this is a, I think inside the the around the five, and he and he and he muffs the the muff the punt, and it's just a lucky bounce of the ball close enough to the to the sideline to where the Texas defender, who's falling on the ball to where if he falls in bounds with the ball, it's Texas ball first and goal, and this game is dropped on its head. From what we now know it is. And it's a completely different outlook. But that ball bounces close enough to where the defender's toe touched the boundary line. And that's just that's just how it goes. I mean, the last time I saw a bounce like that was the 4th and 25 from Hudson Henry versus Ole Miss. I mean, this is not to that same magnitude. But, I mean, I guess it is kind of in a way as far as a ranked opponent. And it involved a Henry. I mean, Hayden Henry played a great game. He was named the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, what a great story. I mean, this guy is a legacy player. His brother played here. His, I mean, he's got a younger brother here playing at tight end in Hudson Henry. And just a great team effort, a great core of linebackers. I mean, Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry starting off. Bumper Pool had to wait off the first half because of a targeting penalty in the first game, but then came on strong in the second half. 
and just a great performance overall. But going back to special teams, Lucky bounces. Lucky bounces. I want to continue to see that. I didn't see that necessarily in the Rice game. I think we just outlasted them with talent. We were at home. I just thought even even the game plan that Rice had, although it was you know executed pretty well, they had a good game good game plan and it was executed well. I, I just don't think that it was going to work on the road versus an SEC opponent, and it didn't. And and I saw everything I needed to see this week versus Texas. The one bad thing about this game is this now makes me lose all kinds of confidence in my prediction. I think we have a chance to win a lot more games than I previously did. Just, first of all, just look at the running back core. They're four or five deep. You only saw four, but you had four different running backs get a touchdown. That does wonders for recruiting. First of all, early reports out of the 56 recruiting visitors from football alone. Arkansas used this this game, this weekend, as a recruiting hotbed. Not only is everything opened up, but it was a big, televised, huge, just in energetic environment. All right? You had all of these. You had track visitors. You had women's basketball visitors. You had men's basketball visitors here. You had baseball visitors here. You had... Yeah, yeah, you had basketball. Nick Smith Jr., a five-star guard from Little North from North Little Rock. Yeah, he, you had him come and visit. I mean, the university used this weekend to its advantage in every aspect, in every sport, and it has flourished because of that. The university got so much national publicity because of this game, and the fans and the students especially, showed out as far as being loud. They actually did a really good job of striping out the, the stadium as far as the uh, the Arkansas, uh, the, the Razorback Foundation, as far as where you, get, you buy tickets. They sent out a memo saying, hey, we're going to stripe out the stadium. We're going to do it red and white. And it looked great on television. The student section was full. I actually knew that they were going to storm the field if they won. Hunter Yurichek met with the students when they were waiting in line camping on Friday and said, I don't care what you do if we win, we're going to celebrate. And and they did. I mean, it it didn't go like past celebrations where they tore the goalpost out of the ground and carried them down Dixon. But it did start in the end zone or on the field, and it ended on Dixon. I don't know about that, but oh my gosh, I've heard a lot of stories so far out of Dixon, but you can imagine a lot of celebrations, a lot of partying. I mean, it started on at the tailgating probably early as like noon on Saturday, if, if not earlier, but oh my gosh. And special teams, we, we've gone over that. We're going over running backs. I mean, Traylon Smith... And what's great about the running back room is there's so much diversity. You've got a big guy, Dominique Johnson, who's, you know, 6'1", about 235, 240. You've got, Dom, uh, you've got Rocket Sanders, who's 6'2", 228. You've got Traylon Smith, who's 5'9", 190. You've got A.J. Green, who's 5'11", 
5'11", about 203, 204. I mean, and and Sanders and, and Green are both true freshmen, so you've got something to build on here. I'm pretty sure uh, Dominique Johnson's pretty young in his career. I'm pretty sure he's Richard Jr., Richard Sophomore, something like that. So you've got these guys, and, and Traylon Smith is just a Richard Jr., so you've got all of these guys coming back next year. K.J. Jefferson being 6'3", 245, running out of the backfield. They ran wild over Texas. They had over 330 yards rushing um, on Texas, and I think Arkansas is going to get back to that. I think, I mean, you, you've got an exciting offense to watch. It's, it's, it's exciting to see the development of the wide receiving core. I saw a little bit out of Warren Thompson. Tyson Morris is producing. Warren, uh, Devion Warren's out there making plays. Traylon Burks is out there. Heard some some talk about Trey Knox working, you know, the the big wide receiver at 6'5", uh, uh, 220. Uh, heard some talk about him him working out a little bit at tight end, but he's not moved over officially at tight end. He's working at, still working at wide receiver, but he's not getting as many reps as he'd want at wide receiver, so he's he's getting some more at tight end. So, But Trey Knox... You know, definitely somebody to look out for. Um, it, yeah, definitely interested to see the development of the wide receivers throughout the season as the offense progresses and KJ gets more comfortable and see how this, this offense progresses. You did get a little bit of glimpse of Malik Hornsby uh, at the end of the Texas game. Great. I love all these Texas natives. Traylon Smith. Um, Dominique Johnson, Malik Hornsby, all those guys, Texas natives getting a run, you know, on Texas. I love it. Dominique Johnson having a touchdown, Traylon Smith having a touchdown, and at the end of the game, Malik Hornsby having a, you know, a pretty, pretty decent run, you know, on national television, um, you know, showcasing his speed. And I mean, Coach Pittman said that he's one of the fastest players on the team, and, uh, that's just exciting to think that that guy plays quarterback and he's one of the fastest players on the team. So wide receiver core, running back core, a lot of those guys you can expect to come back. But, I mean, Jaqueline Crawford, Debbie Warren, Warren Thompson, um, Trey Knox, uh, Tyson Morris, uh, Traylon Burks, good, solid receiving core there. A lot of them are going to be coming back outside of, you know, uh, Warren and, and Morris are both uh, super seniors. Burks is more than likely destined for the NFL draft. He's he's been touted as being a first round draft pick before this even season even started. So let's see how the season goes before we you know you know put our you know put our cart before our horse. But wide receiving core is there, running back core is there. Rocket Sanders, AJ Green, Dominique Johnson, and Traylon Smith. And, and that's what you're going to see. I think that's what you're going to see out of uh, definitely next week. And and you look at the next game. The next game Arkansas plays is at after Georgia Southern. They play Georgia Southern. After Georgia Southern, they play at number, currently, number seven, Texas A&M. And Texas A&M struggled at Colorado. A lot of people want to make excuses saying it was the altitude playing in Boulder I've never played in in, uh, in Boulder. I've, I've I've never been to Boulder, so I can't speak. But it makes sense, all right. Everyone that's been going over there, uh, Northern Illinois, falling to Wyoming in the altitude, it seems to be benefiting the teams that play in those altitudes. 
and I don't know, uh, Haynes King getting hurt on the first drive, maybe, uh, you know, you don't want a player to get hurt, but the offense definitely operated a lot smoother when he was in the game uh, versus when Zach Calzada was in the game at quarterback for Texas A&M. I mean, he did win, you know, he ensured the, the victory for Texas A&M, but he did not, he, he just didn't look as crisp. He didn't look as confident as uh, Haynes King, and the offense definitely struggled. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how the injury hampers Haynes King and uh, if he'll be good to go in two weeks when Texas A&M and Arkansas go to Arlington, Texas to play in Jerry World at uh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. What, speaking of Jerry World, Jerry Jones, that's how big a game this Texas game was. Jerry Jones, Arkansas alum, uh, alumni and uh, Dallas Cowboys owner, he was at the game. He actually had... Uh, his grandson, John Stephen Jones, is a quarterback for Arkansas. And then Paxton Anderson, a, uh, a wide receiver for Texas, is uh, his grandson as well. So a lot, uh, lot of Texas football and just Texas lineage there on the field at once. Huge, huge recruiting weekend. One thing I saw on social media was a lot of pictures of these football recruits with Jerry Jones. I think that's a great, uh, just a great thing for the university. Hopefully, he's talking a little NIL. I haven't heard anything out of Dallas and NIL with the University of Arkansas. It's a, a unique perspective to have an alumni of your college own a pro team. So, interested to see if anything comes of this weekend. Definitely expect one of the official visit or one of the visitors and Anthony Brown to commit. Expect that commitment to have to happen in uh, four, on the sixteenth. So in four in four days, um, and 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 that that guy's a safety. So you gotta expect him to be excited about the opportunity to play in this defense, given the type of play that you're seeing out of the safeties in Jalen Catalan and Joseph Fouché. Joseph Fouché playing really, really well. Being a captain, I think, is motivating this guy. He's he's really as healthy as he's been in his, his time here at Fayetteville. And Arkansas, I, I think, you know, Georgia Southern's going to come into Fayetteville. I think they're going to have their way with Georgia Southern. Looked at their first two games. They played Gardner-Webb. Uh, and won uh, in a, a very close game. I think it was like 31, 32 to, to 27. It was close. And then uh, FAU defeated defeated Georgia Southern uh, pretty handedly. I think it was like 30, 34 to 7, something like that. Uh, it was a very lopsided victory. So I'm not, as far as just looking at those scores, I haven't did a whole, whole lot of research on Georgia Southern, but I'm not too, too worried about Georgia Southern. I think uh, worst-case scenario, you get another Rice situation where Arkansas slumps a little as far as as, as far as penalties, and uh, and maybe maybe Georgia Southern has a you know a really good game plan, and and it takes four quarters for Arkansas to win. But I mean that that's just worst-case scenario. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're playing on a confidence-building high. I think they have bought into this coaching staff. I think there's genuine love care devotion and 
and just aspiration to succeed at the highest level with this coaching staff and this team. I mean, they're, they're that's the way they kind of ooze. Uh, looking at you know post game press conferences, fall camp press conferences, but whether it's coaches, whether it's players, they all kind of are just saying the same thing. They're looking the same way. They're confident. They they they're composed. They know what they're doing, and they believe in it. And it and it just definitely showed versus Texas. And I can't say that enough because of where Arkansas has been in the past three years. I mean, not even counting uh, last season and in twenty twenty during a COVID year when you know Arkansas was thought to have had a great year, going three and seven, playing in a ten year or ten game SEC schedule. No, not even counting that in the past three years Arkansas was terrible I mean terrible under, under Chad Morris they went they went uh two and 20 and then uh before that Brett Bielans last year I believe they went like four and eight I mean just terrible terrible representation of this fan base the state and this university and it showed itself to the nation on display Saturday night the fans the stadium, the university, and the the players and the coaching staff. And, and that was just a great, great thing. The win itself, obviously Arkansas beat Rice, and then the win, and that, and that was a tough win. Uh, Rice did lose in week two, but Arkansas's defeat of Texas was so convincing, so convincing, Arkansas went from being unranked to ranked 20th in the AP poll, and they're also ranked 24th in the... Uh, coaches poll, but when you see Arkansas on the television, it's going to have a number 20 out in front of it because most televisions go what the AP says. So that's exciting. After a defeat of the 15th ranked Longhorns, Arkansas is ranked number 20. Number 20 Razorbacks. Uh, I think the number 20 Razorbacks stand to defeat Georgia Southern in, in week three. I think they're going to go 3-0. and I think they're going to improve on their ranking, probably in the area of 15th to 18th somewhere. And I think they're going to get confident. I think they're going to, it's going to be a snowball effect. And I'm not saying Arkansas is going into Georgia and defeating Georgia. I'm not saying that at all. But week four is a big week. Texas A&M has had a long winning streak over Arkansas. Basically, as soon as they joined the SEC, they started defeating Arkansas. And I want that to end more than anything else. Um, There's a lot of games that I want Arkansas to win this season. Missouri, Auburn, but Texas A&M, I think, may be the number one game, especially now that Arkansas beat Texas. You have a chance to go 4-0. In Jerry World, defeating a top 10 ranked Texas A&M Aggies after you've defeated the Texas, a top ranked Texas Longhorns. What a season you could have, especially recruiting in Texas after that kind of performance through just the first four games. And right now, you're primed and ready to go 4-0 in non-conference as long as you get two SEC victories, you're going six. You're, you've got six games. You're going to a bowl game, and you know 
that's extra games, that's extra practice, that's that's extra publicity, that's just extra vibes and production for Arkansas. And with that, I think Texas A&M is very, very... I, I thought this before the season. I picked Texas A&M to beat Arkansas before the season started based on Texas A&M's recruiting. They've had top five top six recruiting classes each of the last four or five years. They recruit very, very well along both offensive and defensive lines. They're struggling under Jimbo Fisher on offense early on. It seems like they need a little bit of a stride to find themselves and start just progressing. But last season, they were a little sluggish. They just really relied on their offensive line and running the ball. They really did a really good job of that. They lost a lot of offensive line. I think they only have one returning starter, uh, Kenyon Green. But I think Texas A&M is very beatable. I think if you approach Texas A&M just like that's Texas, I think, uh, you know, Pepsi challenge them. I mean, I think Arkansas could do to Texas A&M what they did to Texas. I think as long as you have a, a crowd support there in Arlington, Texas, and I think as long as, as the coaching staff – has has presented it the the players believe in it and and they're and they're prepared to to play that game i think there's a lot of desire to defeat texas a&m and dethrone them texas a&m has been a little sluggish to me coming out uh, kent state a little sluggish did not step on the throat of kent state until late in the third maybe halfway in the third quarter um i mean yeah Fair, fair point. Arkansas didn't do the same to uh, Rice until and did did the same to Rice and you know in third, but Texas A and M is not Arkansas as far as ranking and national perception. Recruiting, Texas A and M needs to destroy Kent State, but they struggled. They did as far as scoreboard. If you're a scoreboard watcher, you look at that and you say, oh, they handled business, but they did not until late in the game, and then this game in Colorado, they struggle as well. That's partially due to injury. So be be watching for the next couple of weeks, Haynes King's, you know, injury update, his status for the game. And I think Arkansas season hinges. Now, once we've got past Texas, the new swing game is in Arlington, Texas, versus the currently seventh ranked Texas A and M Maggies. That's the swing game. That's a game that's beatable, in my opinion. You look at this defense and the way it can get pressure off of just a three-man, you know, uh, three-man front, and and the depth that they have, and the talent that they have, and the guys at multiple levels that are producing: Jalen Catalan, Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, Bumper Pool, the linebackers, especially Joe Fouché. I mean, they've got safeties, they have talent: John Ridgeway, Trey Williams, Zach Williams. They have talent there. This is a team that can win some games. Things just have to bounce their way. And I've talked earlier about lucky bounces. Just continue to watch for that. And I think you'll have a, a little bit of an idea about, you know, how good your team gonna, is going to perform. I mean, I'm, I'm just really excited. After Texas A&M, we play Georgia. And that's going to be really at Georgia. So... Georgia's currently ranked number two. They defeated Clemson, and they look really, really good. They look like a really, really deep, talented team. And going to Athens, Georgia, is going to be a really tall order to defeat the number two ranked 
Georgia Bulldogs in Athens, Georgia. So that's probably going to be Arkansas's first loss. Best case scenario, if they defeat A&M or the two back-to-back road grant, road games at uh, you know Arlington, Texas, and then at Athens, uh, that follows it up with two additional top-ranked teams. So, yeah, Arkansas gets ranked. They play Georgia Southern, so they'll probably jump up a little bit. And then they play four straight ranked SEC opponents. Currently, number seven A&M, number two Georgia, number 17 Ole Miss at home, number, or no, on, on the road, Ole Miss on the road, number 22 Georgia, or Auburn at home. So, so A&M is a neutral site in Arlington. That doesn't count as a home game or a road game. So you've got number seven, number two Georgia in Athens. That's probably a loss. This this starts your road stretch, and then you have number seventeen Ole Miss. Arkansas had their way with Ole Miss last year. Lane Kiffin and the offensive coordinator Ole Miss, and the offense has had a year to look at the film of what Barry Odom and this defensive coordinators and the defensive staff have attacked. Ole Miss with and well, I'm I'm interested to see if they do anything with last year's film. If they do, they probably if they're worth their salt as a coach. They've looked at last year's film as far as how Arkansas attacked. They've added some players, yes. They've had they've they they've had some turnover in the coaching staff, yes. But Barry Odom is a really really good defensive coordinator. Steve Sarkeesian was thought to be one of the best defensive or offensive caller uh, play callers in the country, and Barry Odom had his way with Steve Sarkeesian on Saturday, and I'm excited to see the competition at the uh, the, the the schemes as far as offense, defense, defense, offense, and uh, oh boy, uh, is Barry Odom going to be able to work his magic one more time against uh, Ole Miss, because you have a murderous row right here in this four-game stretch, so if you get lucky... And Hane, you know, things work out. I don't know whatever whatever it means. Whether Haynes King comes back and he's injured, and you play a great game. Whether he's healthy, whether Calzada is playing, you play a great game. You beat A and M, then you lose to to Georgia. I mean, the next two. We haven't even talked about the last one. Auburn twenty two, is just a rivalry waiting to happen. A lot of Arkansas prospects coming out and recruiting go to Auburn. Um, there's the coaching issues that have been there in the past. There's, uh, I mean, currently a, a, a winning streak, technically. There's the robbery that happened last season that I think Arkansas has this game circled. I think they're going to really, really focus on defeating Auburn. And I think it'll go a long way as far as just your overall record maintaining the your legitimacy in the national spotlight and if you can beat A&M and Auburn out of that four game stretch I think you're doing a really really good job and you're sitting there at five and two through the first seven games of the season and you couldn't ask for anything better if you're a Razor, Razorback fan and that's just looking at the first half of the season based on the first two games I'm going to talk about the second half of the season, after we get a little bit further into the season, because throughout the season you have different things happen, like you know, 
targeting penalties that's withholding you from games, injuries. Um, there's there's lots of things that happen. Suspensions, uh, all kinds of things. So uh, with that being said, Arkansas, best case scenario happened. Great performance on national television, the sellout crowd. Um, Arkansas dominates Texas. Going into the fourth quarter, it was 33-7. to in the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter alone, Texas outscored Arkansas fourteen to seven. But it didn't matter because it was forty to twenty-one. You get the fourteen trash points at the end, Texas, but Arkansas still shocked A and M, got ranked, and I expect to commit to happen within the next week on football. I expect this game to produce many, many more visits from official visitors and unofficial visitors in many, many sports. And I expect the university to just continue to grow. All the other sports are doing well. The coaches seem to be a cultural fit and match and love the area and the university, and they're performing well at almost every sport. And the only sport that hasn't been performing has been football under Sam Pittman. And that is now happening, apparently, a little faster than one's thought. It looks promising now. It's been a, it's going to be a long season, but things are trending in the right direction. So excited to see where the rest of the season goes. But on to week three versus Georgia Southern. And we're going to do a breakdown over that in my next episode of the podcast. As far as Georgia Southern, I'm going to do some updates, but going to deep dive into Georgia Southern and basically do a scouting report and then maybe a little bit of a game time prediction. But all that next on the new episode of Mark Sports Talk. And we got more next. All right, everyone, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to share the show, give it a like, and follow the show on Twitter at Mark Sports Talk. And uh, if you want to interact with the show, you want to shout out any kind of change of topic or anything, hit me up at marksportstalk at gmail.com. Uh, other than that, there's many ways to listen to the show. Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, many, many others. And uh, I, li- I encourage a five-star review. Give me a written review. It helps get my show out there. And I appreciate everybody for listening. Hope to hear from you. And I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.